0: In the 8th chapter of Romans, Paul points out several ways that the Christian life ought to be transformed by the Spirit of God I've been telling you about. In the first four verses, he said that we can experience freedom from condemnation because in Christ we no longer walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And then in verse 5, he begins to write about the difference that the Spirit makes in the life of the believer. This is one of the most important passages of the Bible because it addresses the matter of the mind. Whatever a man focuses his mind upon, he reproduces in his life. Did y'all hear that? For instance, if you think evil thoughts in your mind, chances are very good that you're going to produce evil actions in your life. If you think godly thoughts in your mind, chances are real good that you're going to reproduce godly actions in your life. Now today... I want you to imagine something for me. I want you to imagine that you were born into a family that was extremely destitute and overwhelmingly poverty stricken. Now you may think you know what that feels like, but you don't. You don't know what that feels like until you've lined up in a dirt road behind many other people so that you can fill your water bucket with nasty water from one universal spigot. Okay? But your family that I'm talking about is not only destitute and poverty stricken, they're also very dysfunctional. That you may know something about. Amen? But not only is it dysfunctional, but it's doomed. Your family has no hope, and your family has no prospects for the future. In fact, your family is dying, and you know it. Furthermore, your family could care less about you. Now imagine this. Along comes a kind, gentle, and very wealthy man. This man tells you that he has been observing you since the day you were born. And that he has come to the understanding that he loves you. And this man offers you the opportunity to become his own child. He offers you everything that your natural family could never give you. And he offers it to you absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is come with him and consent to be his child. Now that sounds a little far-fetched, doesn't it? But I want to tell you this morning that that is exactly what happens to every person who places their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to Romans chapter 8. That's page 1005, and the Bible's in front of you. And uh, just four verses today, and so uh, that should give you great room for excitement, but uh, don't think that it's going to matter to your clock. Amen? We're going to eat when we eat. Verse 14 of Romans chapter 8, and the Scriptures say, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear... But you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified Together. Today, Paul speaks about the great joy that comes in this new spirit life. He tells us that every saved person has been brought into the family of God and enjoys all the rights and privileges of a natural born child. And he begins by doing so and saying that there is great joy in our adoption. Great joy in our adoption. You see, according to Paul, when we believed, we became sons and daughters of God. That is, we were removed from the family of Adam and we were transplanted into the family of God. So through adoption, we have a new family. Through adoption, we have a new family. Look at verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Literally, friends, we have become God's children by faith. John wrote about this in 1 John chapter 3. purifies himself just as he is pure. You see, contrary to popular belief, just because you were born on this planet doesn't make you a child of God. Just because you're breathing and living doesn't make you a child of God. No, we know that as believers in Christ, we become his children. By being a believer in Christ, we become his children now. And one day, we will become like our new father. Now, I want you to notice again what the first part of verse 14 says. As many as are led, say led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. What does this mean, Bill? This means that those who are in the family act like people that are in the family. Amen? If you're in the family, you act like the family. Amen? Say amen. Amen. When a person is truly born again, they begin to develop traits like their new family, God's family. And the most distinctive trait that they have is that they are led by the Spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, verse 9 tells us that every child of God has the Holy Spirit living within him or within her. And so if the Spirit of God is in residence here, then He will make His presence known. You hear that? If He's here, He's going to make His presence known there. The Spirit changes that which He inhabits. You cannot help it. If the Spirit inhabits you, you will change and i want you to know that's good news by the way this is also a great way for you to know that you're saved it's also a great way for you to be assured of your salvation this is a great way for you to know that you really are a child of god because god's children are led by the spirit does the spirit lead you to do anything If he doesn't lead you to do anything, you might need a checkup from the neck up, amen? Because you've got a new family. You've got a new family, and the Spirit ought to be leading you. But notice that we also have a new father. That's good news. Verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, abba father friends listen this may be the most amazing news you'll hear this year we no longer fear being rejected by god we no longer fear being separated from god we no longer fear hell why because we've been adopted into the family of god Now, you know and I know that adopted children somehow, sometimes feel like second-class citizens in the family. We know that sometimes adopted kids don't feel the same as natural-born kids. But you need to know that um, these adopted kids, just because they weren't born into the family, don't mean they're not part of the family. Now, in ancient Rome, now this book was this, Uh, passage was written to the Romans in ancient Rome we know that things were vastly different when it came to adoption. To be adopted in ancient Rome was considered an incredible privilege. The original Bible word for adoption means to place as a son. My father was placed as a son after going from foster home to foster home to foster home to foster home Dad finally was placed with my grandma and grandpa Barlow. He was placed as a son. And adoption is also a very beautiful picture of what God does for his kids. You see, in the ancient world, the family was based on a Roman law called patria potestas. Patria potestas, which means the father's power. That means... Daddy was the boss, amen? Patria postas. That law gave the father absolute authority over the kids. The father could work them. The father could enslave them. The father could even sell his kids if he wanted to. Regardless of the child's age, the father held all the power over personal property and even personal rights. So in the Roman world to which Paul was writing here, adoption was a very serious issue, a very serious matter. Now, here's something you need to know about adoption. When a child was adopted in this time, three legal steps had to be tra- had to transpire. Number 1, the adopted son was adopted permanently. The child, There's no way that the child could be adopted today and unadopted tomorrow. He couldn't be adopted today and thrown away tomorrow. He became a son of the father forever. Number two, the adopted son had all the rights of a natural son in the new family. And number three, the adopted son lost all of his rights that he had in the old family the adopted son was looked on as a brand new person the old debts connected to the old family were now canceled out canceled out like they never existed and that's the same thing that happens to us When we come to Jesus, we are taken out of Adam's family and placed into God's family. And that's amazing news and a source of great joy. The debt of sin, the curse of death associated with the old family is canceled and we're adopted. And now we receive a glorious inheritance of eternal life. Friends, that should be cause for great joy. Y'all ought to be bouncing up from seats right now. But there's more. Because through our adoption, we also have a new freedom. You see, as children of God, not only have we been delivered from the power and influence of the flesh, not only are we no longer led about by Satan, not only are we now led by the Spirit of God, Through faith in Christ, we can experience a relationship, listen, that's markedly similar to the relationship Jesus had with the Father. How do you know, Bill? Well, in your Bible is in Mark chapter uh, 14. Make sure that. Mark chapter 14 in verse 35. Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. Getting ready to go through the hardest time of his life. And listen to what the scriptures tell us. He went a little farther and fell down on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. In verse 15, Paul says, That we have received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry out. Say we. We cry out, Abba, Father, just in the same way that Jesus did. See, in Christ, you and I have this relationship that is so incredibly close that now you and I get to address the Father as Daddy. Abba, Father, just like Jesus did. Of course, we do this with the utmost respect and with the utmost uh, reverence and admiration. But God wants you to relate to him in a very intimate and personal way. Friends, can I tell you, there is great joy in the fact that we've been adopted into the family of God. But there's also great joy in our assurance. Look in verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Not only are we adopted into the family of God, but we're given this priceless assurance that we are adopted day after glorious day. Now, how does this occur, Bill? How do we know that we're assured? Well, first of all, we're assured through our communion with the Spirit. Jesus told us this is exactly how it's going to be. He told us in advance. He predicted that we would enjoy get this the closest possible relationship with God that we could ever imagine. And he said it was going to come through the spirit of God. Listen to what he said in John chapter 14 verse 16. Jesus said, "And I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper." that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. And here comes the good part. For he dwells with you and he will be in you. Can you think of a closer relationship that anyone can have with you other than being in you? Is there a closer relationship than that? God says, I am in you as a believer. I am with you. I will never leave you. I am in you. Through the Spirit of God, we're led. We're taught all we need to know about how to live for the glory of God in the world that we live in. But we're also assured through something else, and that is something that we like to call our confidence in the Spirit. Listen up. If you're genuinely saved, you will know it. Y'all hear that? If you're genuinely saved, you will know it. You're going to know it because you're going to feel God's inward presence in your life. God's inward presence is going to remind you who you are. You're a daughter of the Most High God. He's going to remind you who you are. You're God's son. He's going to remind you whose you are. You are my property, and nothing happens to my property unless I say it's okay. He's going to remind you whose you are, but he's also going to remind you of what he expects from you. Amen? Because of our confidence in the Spirit, the Spirit of God is going to speak to you. The Spirit of God is going to tell you things. He's going to guide you. He's going to warn you. He's going to lead you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to feed you. He's going to teach you. And friends, listen carefully. If the Spirit of God never speaks to your heart, you've got a serious problem this morning. If the Spirit of God doesn't lead you, listen carefully, you need to examine yourself this morning if the Spirit of God doesn't warn you, I'd have to wonder if I was truly saved. Because just like a mama who consoles her frightened child and directs him and protects him from harm, so too does the Spirit of God comfort and guide and discipline The child of God. So there's great joy, friend, in the adoption we enjoy into God's family, but also the assurance we have of God's Holy Spirit. But we also enjoy some more great joy. I love joy, don't you? I love joy. We also experience great joy in our affluence. This is the good part. Look at verse 17. And if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. wow and joint heirs with Christ are you kidding me already if indeed we suffer with him that we might be glorified together affluence means wealth can I tell you this morning if you're a believer on Christ Jesus you are filthy rich Ephesians chapter 2 verse 7 says, In the ages to come, God will show his children the exceeding riches of his grace by his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You see, not only have we been adopted into a new family, we've been assured of that fact every day of our lives, but we are also wealthy beyond measure. Filthy, rich, Notice what verse 17 teaches you and I about our newfound status. First of all, there are great privileges of the spirit life. We are heirs of God. Heirs of God. Now, I don't pretend to know all that that entails, but I do know it's a lot. I know that our Father is wealthy beyond measure. The Bible says something about all the cattle on a thousand hills. Well, I don't know what that looks like, but it sounds like a lot to me. We share in that vast wealth of our Heavenly Father. That's why Philippians 4.19 means so much to, to the believer. Because that, word, that verse says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. See, he's able to meet all of our needs. Nothing catches him by surprise. And no matter how great your need may be today, you need to know that God is able to meet that need. But not only are there great privileges in the spirit life, there, are also, there is also a great portion in the spirit life. Because not only are we heirs of God, that'd be one thing. There's more good news. We're also joint heirs with Jesus. Literally, we are given an equal share of the father's wealth that Jesus Christ got. Joint heirs with Jesus. You see, in Jewish law, the eldest son got a double inheritance. The eldest son, man, he made out like a bandit. But under Roman law, all sons were treated equally all the sons and daughters all the children were created and treated equally adopted children got the same inheritance as the true children and when the selfless son of god looks on us let me just tell you he's happy to give it He's happy to share with us. He's happy to be joint heirs with us. But not only are there the great privileges of the spirit life and a great portion in the spirit life, there's also an incredible promise in the spirit life. You see, as we pass through this life, you and I are going to go through a lot of difficult times. You may have already gone through a lot of difficult times, but I have to tell you there's more on the way. As we go through this life, you're going to face many trials. You may think, Bill, I've already gone through so many trials. But can I tell you, there's more coming. There's going to be many times when you feel like, man, God has left me. Many times that you feel God has really turned his back on me. Many times that you feel like God's not meeting my needs the way I think he should. However, we need to remember something. If you're listening, say amen. amen. This world ain't your home. This present world is not your home. you just passing through. The Bible says you're nothing but pilgrims and strangers in a strange land just passing through. You see, the fullness of our inheritance won't be be realized until we arrive home to daddy's house. And then when we get to heaven, you're going to see just how rich you are. And you're going to realize just how rich you were. And you're going to say, oh Lord, why did I complain? One look around when you get to heaven. is going to tell the tale. How do you know, Brother Bill? Well, I've read the end of the story. And the end of the story tells us that John heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain for the former things have passed away. But there shall be by no means entering into it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. But listen carefully, friend. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. For the child of God, There is no comparison between what we have now in the Spirit and what you've been enduring in the flesh. In my study this week as I prepared this message, I've been really inspired. Very, very joyful. So thankful that I'm His child today so thankful that many of you are my brothers and my sisters too but you know maybe you've been struggling with your adoption maybe you've been struggling with your adoption into the family of god maybe you've been struggling with your assurance in the spirit of god maybe you've been needing to take a fresh look at your affluence that's offered by our Father God. You need to know that whatever you need today, Daddy's ready to help you. Whatever you need today, Daddy just wants you to bring it. (laughs) That's something popular amongst ballplayers. They said, come on, bring it. That's what what daddy says. Bring it. Bring it to the one who knows it. Bring it to the one who's already felt it. Bring it to the only one that can help you through it. Some of you may just want to come before the Lord and Say, thank you, Daddy, for allowing me to be your son. Thank you for adopting me. You know, we're blessed people. And we ought to be a grateful people. So, whatever the need today, just know that Daddy waits to help you. There's help in Daddy's presence. Let me pray for you. Daddy, thank you for inviting and even encouraging your children to bring all of our needs to the feet of God. To bring all of our needs to the throne of grace. Father, I pray that you have done a God work in our minds.